Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for a new day. And thank you that you're with us wherever we are. Thank you um, for this opportunity to meet up through Zoom and that you long to speak to us through your word. So would you help us to hear what it is that you want to say to us this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so today we are looking at Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 9, which gives us a vision of thriving. So let me read it to you. I'm actually going to begin by reading from near the end of chapter 10, at verse 33, just to give us a bit of context. This, this is what it says. See, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will lop off the boughs with great power. The lofty trees will be felled. The tall ones will be brought low. He will cut down the forest thickets with an axe. Lebanon will fall before the mighty one. Then going on to chapter 11, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips. <clears throat> he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash round his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So I must admit that when I first read this passage, because of verses six and seven, I was left wondering whether in heaven we would all become vegetarians and also if I would have my very own pet lion. And I was spending quite a lot of time thinking about that. It says in verse six that the calf and the lion and the yearling are together and a little child will lead them. And so we have a little child leading a lion. And then verse seven, it says, the lion will eat straw like the ox. And so there are some people who would take this passage as it is, whereas others would consider it more of a poetic way of describing the restoration of creation. So at the end of chapter 10, we are left with an image of a forest that has been cut down and there's nothing left except the tree stumps. Then at the start of chapter 11, it refers to Jesus as the Messiah. It says, a shoot 
will come up from the stump of Jesse, that's King David's father, and from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Then it goes on to say that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. This may remind you of Isaiah chapter 61, verse one, which Jesus reads in the synagogue in Nazareth. And after reading it, he says, today the scripture has been fulfilled. He reads, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. And so it tells us that Jesus as the Messiah is fully equipped and filled by God's spirit to save a fallen and dying world. He has the spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. It says that Jesus had a fear of the Lord. And one thing I think that means is that Jesus knew who God was. He knew his father and he knew he was sent to do his father's will. Jesus was so in tune with the will of the father that he could say that whatever his father does, he does also. Now, here's one of the reasons given from the passage as to why we will thrive. We will thrive because we have a Lord who is both righteous and just. Right now, we live in a fallen world, but because of God's righteous justice, there will come a day when everything will be made to be as it should be. Verse four says, with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. And then it goes on to say, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. And so there will come a day when evil will finally be vanquished. Every wrong will be made right. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And this is something that we can look forward to right now because Jesus has said that he is making all things new. Because of God's righteous justice, there will come a day when there will be complete and total thriving. Right now we are living in the world as it is and the world we live in is not how God intended it to be. We live in a fallen world, an imperfect world, but what we are given here in this passage is a vision of the world, not as it is, but as it should be. And here's the thing, when we are given a vision for something that is good and that is beautiful and we've grasped that vision and we have caught hold of it, what we then have is a sense of anticipation. We will have a sense of longing and of hope because there is something that we look forward to. Uh, right now, some of you may have a vision of what life might look like again once we're out of lockdown. You, you think of all the things that you want to do that you can't do right now and you look forward to it. I personally really can't wait to get a haircut and I look forward to that. But in the same way, because we have been given a vision of thriving, a 
a vision of complete and total thriving, this is something that we can look forward to and we should look forward to it. We can read about this vision in, uh, from verse six onwards. It's the vision of the wolf living with the lamb, the leopard laying with the goat, a child leading the calf and the lion, an infant playing near snakes. And so what we have here is the vision of creation being completely transformed and restored. We have a vision of thriving. Another vision uh, is given in the book of Revelation, where in chapter 21, it says that John saw a new heaven and a new earth. It says that every tear will be wiped from our eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain. And after seeing all of this, John is filled with a great sense of anticipation. And he says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And so here we have a vision of the new creation that is still yet to come. And it isn't something that we've fully experienced because though the kingdom of God is already here, it is not yet here in all its fullness, but we have been given a vision of it. And so by catching a glimpse of this vision of thriving, we can be excited. And we can continue to faithfully pray for God's kingdom to come. And even though we are still living in a world, which is as it is right now, a fallen and imperfect world, we are able to live our lives by the power of the spirit in a way that points to this new creation. And when we do so, we are showing everyone that this is the way that the world is supposed to be. And this is the way that it one day will be. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for these visions of thriving and that through them we have been given so much hope. As a church, we continue to pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Thank you that you live in us through your spirit and you choose to work through us as your church, as your body. In spite of all the challenges we are facing now, would you help us to continue to look up, to fix our eyes on the things above, to fix our eyes on the things of heaven and help us to continue to hold on to that promise that you that you are making all things new. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.